Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Joining us now is a man who actually appeared on Sports Talk New York on June of 2011, right after he was drafted by the Rangers in the third round of the 2011 NHL Entry Draft. He made his National Hockey debut for the Rangers in the final game of the 2017-18 season, going scoreless with two penalty minutes during that game but before being returned to Hartford to finish the season. He played in seven games this season and was with the team when the NHL season was put on pause. Nine years ago, I ended our interview with him saying I couldn't wait to be in the locker room doing a post-game interview with him after his first NHL goal. I have to start out this interview by saying, as much as I meant it that day, never have I meant it ever more than right now, uh, that I can't wait for that moment for so many reasons, but it is a pleasure to welcome Stephen Fogarty back to Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's uh, certainly been a while, but I'm excited. Yeah, it certainly has. So first off, how are you holding up during all of this? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, just like everyone else, just kind of taking it day by day, um, you know, starting to get into a little bit of routine here as far as, you know, working out and just uh, controlling what I can. But, um, yeah, I've been back in Minnesota now for, I guess, o- over two months now. But, no, just, uh, you know, staying in shape and spending time with uh, family. So that, that's a good starting point because you're back in Minnesota. So, so let's, before we get to the current situation, let's talk a little bit about your career and your road to NHL. Let's turn the clock back nine years ago and talk about draft day. As yours is a little different as it's held right in your hometown and an arena where you played a few games prior to that. What are your recollections now looking back on, on draft day all these years later? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a day that I'll always remember. and You know, I think back to that day quite a bit. Um, and yeah, like you said, I was very fortunate to be able to have it here at a rink that I, you know, I grew up going to wild games and, you know, played in state tournaments and whatnot in that building. And then to be able to, you know, go there and experience the draft and, you know, also get drafted and, you know, especially by a team like New York just made it that much more special. So, you know, my parents and I, uh, you know, look back to that day a lot, still talk about it. And it's, you know, certainly one of those days looking back at your career that is uh, one of the most memorable for sure. So I actually went back and listened to our interview from 2011, and you know, if I remember correctly, your plans at that point were to play for the Chicago Steel of the USHL and then on to Notre Dame. But after the draft, it seemed those plans changed a little bit, and you played in the BCHL, which was not part of that plan. How did you end up playing there? Yeah, um, it's actually funny. I remember uh, you know, a week or so before the draft, I had a couple buddies uh were the same age as me, and you know, we're going to the draft as well, and I had saw that they committed to go play up in Penticton, and I, I remember telling my parents, I was like, why, you know, why would they be going so far and go up there and play in this league that I've never heard of? Um, you know, and then two weeks later, I'm on a plane going to visit. So, um, but yeah, like you said, I was, you know, was drafted by the Chicago Steel and had played a few games for them uh, before the draft, and then actually at the draft, I uh, was introduced to the head coach up in Penticton, Fred Harbinson, and. Um, you know, initially it came away, you know, with some positive feels from him. And then, you know, after the draft, we kind of touched base and they invited me up for uh, for a visit. And, you know, if anyone who's ever been up there to the Okanagan, it's, you know, a beautiful spot. And just, uh, you know, their facilities and everything seem uh, really good and a really good situation. And, 
you know, like I said, I had a couple of other Minnesota guys who went up there too, which made it an easier decision. But, you know, that's a decision that I look back on now and, you know, I'm glad I did it. And and we had a really special team that year. And it's, uh, you know, I have a lot of memories from that year and we actually were going to have a reunion there this summer, but it got canceled (laughs) because of all this. But, you know, I, I can't wait to get back up there. When you talk about a special team, people might not know this. You guys only lost four games in regulation. You went 54-4-0-2, then lost only three games in the playoffs en route to the BCHL Championship, which set up a match against the AJHL winner for the Doyle Cup. Again, you guys win, which earned you the Vs uh, moving on to the 2012 Royal Bank Cup. You'd win the national championship with a 4-3 win over the MHL champion Woodstock Slammers in the final. Uh, aside from the decision, what was your main takeaway? What what did you learn the most out of that experience? Yeah, um, well, I think moving away from home is just the start. Um, you know, I was, you know, a lot of guys move away from home, I guess, to play hockey. But for me, I, you know, was living in my parents' house till I was 18 and never really got away. And then to be able to be that far away from home was definitely, a, you know, a bit of a culture shock. Um, you know, it gave me an opportunity to kind of grow and just mature as a person. Um then as far as hockey, you know, it's obviously, you know, junior race, so you're, you're playing against a lot older and, you know, bigger guys. And, you know, coming from Minnesota high school is certainly a jump. But, um, you know, with our team being, you know, as good as it was, um, you know, it kind of gave us an ability to just kind of fine-tune our games too, um, you know, individually as far as little things that we needed to work on. And, you know, it obviously gave us a tremendous amount of confidence with uh, the way it went and, um, you know, like I said, anytime you get an opportunity to play deep in a playoffs at any level, it gives you that level of experience as well. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of takeaways, and um, you know, it's like a, again, it was a very special year. So, what is what's so cool about the age that we live in? There's just so much information available to us. You can look back and find things like a scouting report on you in high school. And this is from Minnesota Hockey Prospects website. It says, "Plays a physical brand of hockey, grinding it out on the boards, getting dirty in front of the net." Lou Nanny, whose grandson, Vinny Letary, actually was a teammate of yours on your high school team as well as on the Wolfpack, um, said that you had the best hands of any high schooler he's ever seen. And that's pretty high praise coming from someone who's one of the greatest hockey minds um, still to this day in hockey. That being said, looking back on that scouting report, what do you think still holds true about you and what in your game do you think has evolved that you might add to that scouting report? Yeah, I think... I think my game has definitely uh, evolved and, you know, changed uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, as far as my draft year and playing high school hockey here, you know, you can kind of get away with, you know, just playing offense and scoring goals and whatnot. Um, I think when I went up to Penticton, you know, my role kind of changed. You know, we had a lot of gifted players, a lot of scorers. Um, you know, I think my role kind of transitioned into a defensive-type role, but obviously also contributing offensively. Um, you know, and then taking that next step to, uh, into college into Notre Dame. Um, you know, I think I even took an even bigger role as far as defensive game and, you know, really fine-tuned that. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think I kind of got away from my offensive game that, you know, I think got me to that level and got me drafted and whatnot. And, um, you know, I certainly wanted to find that balance. And I think now that I've, you know, been pro now for four years, I've started to kind of find that balance of, you know, being able to be a reliable two-way guy and, you know, contribute offensively at the same time. One of those common threads from high school college to pros is you've been a captain at each level. What do you think it is about you that coaches see in you that earned you that C? 
Yeah, I mean, I I think it starts with my, you know, just the kind of the way I was raised and brought up. Um, you know, my parents, you know, my dad being in the military and my mom coming from a military family kind of just, you know, ingrained that discipline in my brother and I, you know, childhood and our, you know, growing up. And, um, you know, I'm a pretty quiet guy, but I just, uh, you know, really take pride in the way I go about my business and, you know, doing the right things and, you know, being a captain's not necessarily something you, you know, aspire to be. It's kind of just something that comes, you know, naturally, I suppose. And, you know, obviously anytime you can be a captain at any level is a huge honor. And, you know, I've obviously been fortunate and, you know, I've learned from a lot of great captains on, you know, teams that I've been on as a young guy and looking up to those guys. You know, I look at a guy like Anders Lee, who, you know, I played high school with here at Edina, and then, you know, he was a captain. And then going to Notre Dame, he was my, you know, captain as a freshman. And then, Obviously, now he's the captain of the Islanders, so we have, you know, kind of similar path. Obviously, he's where he is now, but he's uh, definitely a guy that I've kind of, you know, idolized growing up. But, um, like I said, you know, being a captain is a tremendous honor, and it's very humbling, and it's definitely something I uh, take pride in. So it's hard to believe that over the, the course of your career with the Rangers, you've been to camps with three different head coaches. How tough is that for a young player having to make new impressions each time a new coach comes in and ha- wanting to leave your mark so you stand out so when it comes time to fill the roster or, or make call-ups, they're in the back of their mind. You're in the back of their mind. Yeah, I think uh, you know everyone's in the same boat, too, that you know, is coming in with you and you know free agents or anything that's you know, new to the organization. So you know, coming out of college, I think my first year, I just kind of wanted to you know, see what it was like and kind of feel it out as far as what, you know, it takes to play at the NHL level. And, you know, obviously, you know, those Rangers teams when I was, you know, in college and whatnot were, you know, making deep, deep Stanley Cup runs. So I was, you know, being able to be a part of the organization at the time and, you know, just seeing the way the team operated and the coaching staff was, you know, very eye-opening for me and I think huge for me. And then obviously with the transition over these last few years with, you know, David Quinn coming in and that coaching staff and, you know, the job they've done with this, you know, young, I guess, rebuild, if you will, is, you know, pretty remarkable. And, you know, as far as me coming into camp, again, just trying to build every year and, you know, make my mark when I, you know, get an opportunity to do that, whether it's in preseason or, you know, when I'm down in Hartford, you know, my goal ultimately is to always get back to New York. And, you know, I think that's what fueled me. And, yeah, like I said, you know, just the coaching changes have been, you know, I think great for the organization. And, Again, you can see the you know the development the organization has made these last two years, and you know especially this year. April seventh, two thousand eighteen. You realize your dream in Philadelphia. What do you remember about your entire first game NHL experience? Yeah, um, you know, you always people say it's always a blur, but it really was. Um, you know, that being the last game of the season. Um, you know, obviously, I was kind of you know thinking, well, yeah, there goes another year where I didn't get my opportunity, and then. I just remember I was got off the ice for pregame skate in Hartford, and you know, coach called me in and said, "You're going up. You know, you're playing in Philadelphia tomorrow." And there was so many emotions. Um, you know, you don't really know what to do or say. And obviously, you know, I got my parents, you know, on the phone and told them what was going on. And you know, I'm glad they were able to make it out there. And my brother, um, yeah, that that game was just pretty special. Um, um, you know, even though the Rangers were out of the playoffs at the time, I think you know Philadelphia had to win that game. So you know, they were firing on all cylinders and to be able to just you know soak it in and you know realize that hey i'm playing in the nhl you know i've achieved my dream was you know something i always will always you know cherish and look back on 
You get another 10 games last season. What's the major difference for you as far as the NHL game compared to the AHL game? And what are some of the things that you had to work on to make that transition? Yeah, I mean, it's the best league in the world for a reason. I think, um, you know, it's just especially now it's so fast and, you know, there's every player, all four lines, you know, all 60, all two goalies are, you know, just elite, elite athletes. And, you know, it's just a consistency thing. And, um, you know, no matter where you are in the lineup and no matter your ice time, your minutes, you know, you got to make an impact, you know, every time you're out there or else, you know, someone else is there to take your job. So, um, you know, I think it started with that first game in Philadelphia. It gave me that taste of the NHL and, you know, makes you want it even more. Um, and I think just that following summer, I had a great summer and, you know, wanted to come into camp, you know, wanted to make that team. And, you know, obviously being sent down was disappointing, but it just, you know, I wanted to get back up there so bad. And I guess over the last, you know, year and a half here, I've just uh, tried to get better and better. And, you know, having that goal to get back up there for good is always fueling me. And, you know, just establishing that level of consistency and, you know, realizing, you know, how fast and how, uh, you know, strong the game is nowadays. And, you know, I continue to work on those uh, parts of my game to, you know, hopefully be a mainstay. So this season when you, you got sent down, you get to watch Igor Shesterkin transition from playing in Russia to playing in North America prior to his promotion to the NHL. Ranger fans have been watching his career very, very closely and couldn't wait to see him play at the Garden. What did you learn about him after watching him play you know, half of the season down in Hartford? <laughs> I mean, there's so many things I can say. Um, you know, from day one, uh, you know, we would just always say, wow, this guy is amazing. Um and I think he truly fueled our team in Hartford this year. You know, we were, you know, top of the standings for a long time there. And I think he was certainly, you know, the main reason for that. Um, you know, and to be able to actually be up for his first NHL game there against Colorado was, you know, a really cool experience. And, you know, I got the chills when the, you know, the Garden fans were chanting his name. But, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, credit to the organization and, you know, Benoit Allaire for realizing, you know, the, the potential this uh, young man had and, you know, obviously the success he's had so far, um, you know, in the KHL or international play and then in the American League and then now in the NHL, you know, doesn't surprise me. And, you know, I just can't wait to see, you know, what's next for him and, you know, if he's even got another level. So you get recalled in December when Brendan Lemieux breaks his hand. The Rangers go 3-3 three and three in the six games that you're up. You then get recalled again on the emergency basis for the 3-11 game in Colorado. The very next day, the season is put on pause. So first, tell me how you found out about the pause and the information you were given at that point. Yeah, um, so yeah I know at that time it was starting to come out. You know, Obviously, the nation was starting to realize the danger of this uh, whole pandemic and you know, obviously sports were still going on. Um, I just remember I was on my way to Colorado that day, the day of the game, and just in the airport, you know, I was seeing more and more masks and whatnot and, you know, just kind of realizing the severity of it. And then um, I just remember that day, you know, the NBA, got, you know, postponed their season, and then we had our game. And then after the game, you know, we come in the locker room expecting to, you know, pack up our bags and head to Arizona. And I just remember, the, you know, the equipment staff was saying, just leave, leave your stuff alone, just air it out, don't pack it up. So we were all kind of wondering what was going on. And then we kind of heard rumblings that the NHL was going to follow suit of um, the NBA there. And so we stayed that night in uh, Denver. And then the next morning, uh, you know, we headed to the airport, and we still weren't really sure if we were headed to Arizona or back to New York. So eventually they came over the intercom and said we were heading back to, you know, White Plains there, and that's kind of when it hit. So... 
definitely a weird, weird time for everybody. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, I wanted to, you know, keep playing in the NHL, but obviously there's uh, stuff that's way more important than that. Well, obviously there's so many people affected because of this pandemic. Family members lost, some of them in the, in the hospitals fighting for their lives. Some families not knowing where their next meal is coming from, small business owners struggling to hold on long enough to hope to survive their businesses when this is all over that they can go back to. And while I'm no way comparing any of those with what players are going through, you know, but this does have a huge impact on your life. You're 27 years old at this point. This is a big year for you. Um, you were putting up nice numbers in the AHL. You're a free agent at the conclusion of this season. Again, not comparing to the, the life-threatening conditions that people are dealing with right now and the problems as far as businesses. But what impact has the pandemic had on your thought, thought process going forward in regards to your career? Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's so many other people who, you know, have it, you know, obviously way worse. And, you know, businesses, families have, you know, been, you know, taking huge hits and huge tolls. And it's, you know, my heart goes out to them. And obviously I want to just, you know, express my gratitude for all those who are, you know, working on the, the front lines and helping this whole thing. Um you know, and I guess in retrospect, if you look at it, you know, relative to me, you know, I have it so easy, but, um, you know, it is certainly difficult. You know, there's a lot of, you know, questions obviously going forward and a lot of uncertainty, but, um, you know, we're just trying to really take it day by day and that's all we can do. And I know it sounds cliche, but that really is, the, you know, the moral of the story. And, um, you know, we just kind of look at the bigger, bigger picture and realize, you know, we do have it pretty good regardless of, you know, the uncertainty and, a lot of the questions we have uh, unanswered. So, um, you know, as far as where I'm at is I'm just trying to, you know, stay in shape uh, regardless of what happens here with the NHL season and, you know, kind of take, uh, you know, the next step of my life as they come. So um, right now, yeah, just, you know, staying in shape and trying to just see what happens here. You know, a lot of people might not know this, but you were the Wolfpack's winner of the IOA, American Special Out Speciality AHL Man of the Year Award for your outstanding contributions to the Hartford community during the 2019-20 season on the strength of your volunteer work at shelters, youth programs such as the PAL, the annual Bolathon for Special Olympics, and many other community initiatives such as youth school reading programs, several hospital visits at the Connecticut Children's Medical Center. You've been a leader behind the commitment and participation of Wolfpack players at community and team events. So where does that sense of service for you come from? As obviously this is something that we are going to need in a big way going forward. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I guess I was recognized for that award, but, you know, that doesn't go without saying there's so many guys on our team that, you know, give back and do the same thing, you know, on every team at every level. But um, I think it just goes back to, you know, there's a lot of people in need that, you know, need help and, you know, maybe just need, you know, an extra hand, whether, you know, it's, you know, helping kids or helping those who, you know, just need maybe a little bit of push or anything. So, um, you know, it's not necessarily something you go out and try to win or anything like that, but, um, you know, it's certainly, you know, very, you know, it's a big honor and humbling to, you know, be uh, credited with something like that. But, you know, I, I like giving back and, like I said, you know, just being around kids who may be sick or something and just seeing their, um, you know, see them smile, it really puts things in perspective and just makes you want to be, you know, a better person and realize it, realize how good you have it. And, um, you know, that's something that I think just goes back to the way I was, you know, raised and all that. So it's certainly something that, you know, I certainly enjoy doing. So we've been hearing these rumblings coming out of the commissioner's office and, and various uh 
places out there and, and not sure exactly you know what it, it's going to look like but there's going to it looks like when the season resumes is going to be an expanded tournament and right now the Rangers look like they're going to be in it it also looks like there's going to be an expanded roster to deal with the the short period of time that people have to get ready um what are you looking forward to the most? What have you been doing to stay ready? Are you starting to ramp up a little more? Do you have a target date where you think you know, you're going to be in a camp someplace getting ready to play? And have you been in communication with Coach Quinn and some of your your teammates? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously we try to stay off social media as far as hearing <laughs> these rumors, but you know there is, I guess, some truth to some of it. So, um, you know, whether it is that expanded playoff or not, you know, I think that's kind of what they're leaning towards of, you know, some form. So, you know, to be able to have the Rangers have an opportunity to be in that is, is pretty cool. And, yeah, I'm just starting to stay in shape, and I think there's some guys in Minnesota here that are actually starting to skate here in a little bit. So, um, you know, hopefully maybe try to get on the ice pretty soon here and just get my timing back. And, uh, you know, it's hard to say when, the, you know, that return would be. And, you know, I think uh, maybe July is kind of a realistic uh, date or time frame. So, hopefully get on the ice for a couple weeks before getting back there and then I guess the kind of the conditioning will uh, take care of itself for uh, one of those camps but um, you know the organization has done a great job of kind of keeping us in the loop as much as possible it's hard when you know there really is no de- definitive answers but you know the guys are talking here and there and I guess you know all teams are kind of in the same boat of not knowing but you know it's up to them to you know stay in shape and be ready for when they do get the call. Have you spoken to Coach Quinn at all in the last couple of weeks? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. So before I even ask this, I, I, I know that this is probably maybe the most ridiculous question I've ever asked on this show. But here it goes. So during this pandemic, I actually bought myself a PS4, and I'm addicted to NHL 20 and the show. I know that NHL and Major League Baseball players have been in tournaments that have been televised on ESPN. So first off, do you have a, a gaming system? Um, yes. Okay. Do you play NHL 20? I do. All right. So here's the question. When you play NHL 20, do you always take the Wolfpack or the Rangers, or do you take other teams? Um, <laughs> I guess usually when I play, we, I kind of just pick and choose a team. Um, you know, sometimes I just do like a random team, but if I do land on the Rangers, I'll certainly be them. Um, but I think it's kind of fun to just kind of mix around who I'm playing with, but um you know, if maybe if I'm playing a buddy, I'll be the Rangers, and maybe he'll be uh, the team that he's on. So it really depends. So here's the que- here's the ultimate question on that. So like, I think it's pretty cool when I, I score a goal, being like one of my favorite players. Especially, I, I love the the alumni teams. They're, they're crazy yeah. when you got guys playing with graphite sticks and guys playing with wood sticks on the <laughs> same team, which is awesome. But when you score as yourself, that's got to be kind of strange, no? Yeah, I mean. It's- <laughs> I guess playing that game growing up my whole life, you know, I've never, ever imagined being in the game. Um, I can't say I'm ever, you know, play as myself with other people, maybe just by <laughs> myself. And I guess, yeah, maybe if I do score with myself, I'll maybe give a little bigger smile. But, yeah, I know I've always enjoyed playing the NHL games. And, you know, I think you ask a lot of guys around the league, they're saying the same thing. All right, so what are some of the other things you were doing to keep busy aside from training and video games? Um... Yeah, I'm, I'm actually living with a guy I played with at Notre Dame, Cal Peterson, who's uh, the goalie out for uh, the LA Kings. So he actually just got a puppy, um, and then I'm uh, scheduled to get a puppy here in two weeks. So we'll be uh, definitely busy, and you know, hopefully the puppies will 
keep each other busy, but um, it's kind of been fun to kind of see how he has been uh, re- interacting with his puppy and trying to take some notes of uh, what to <laughs> learn. Do you have a name picked out for the dog yet? Uh, I'm kind of going back and forth. Um, I think it's kind of something that will come natural, uh, but hopefully I'll have one by the time I pick them up. Awesome. So, Stephen, I don't know what media post games are going to look like post COVID nineteen, but like I said in the open, and like I said back in two thousand eleven, I truly look forward to asking you that question about how that first NHL goal felt, and really, I hope it's soon for sure. So, uh, you know, first of all, thanks for always, you know, keeping in touch and you know talking hockey whenever uh, we need to talk hockey, and I really appreciate it. No, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, yeah, stay safe, and hopefully talk soon. All right. Thanks so much, Stephen Fogarty of the New York Rangers.